40 days, 40 nights, a season of discipleship, a season of spiritual cleaning for the soul, a season of intentional spiritual practice, a season of bad jokes, aren't they all bad jokes, a season called Lent. Today is the third Sunday of Lent, and St. Luke's Gospel gives us a short, difficult reading. Jesus tells a crowd of people, I tell you, unless you repent, you will all perish, just as they did. Lent is a season of repentance. To repent is to acknowledge your sin, confess it to God, say you're sorry, and seek to live differently. I'm pretty sure that those first listeners in the 13th, excuse me, in Luke 13 in the first century, and thinking about recent tragedies in Israel, where people had died some gruesome deaths, had a lot to think about in terms of their own lives and what needed to change and what they needed to repent of. What about you? What needs cleaning up in your life? Now, maybe it's obvious, but maybe you are blind to what needs changing, improving, or healing in your life. Sometimes the situation isn't simple. It isn't simply that you're on the mountain and all is great in your life, or that you're off the mountain and all is grief, or that you're just somewhere in between. The problem is that you are blind to what is around you. It could be raining $100 bills. But if you are blind to the blessings around you, the $100 bills don't do you much good. You can feel off the mountain, even if you are really on the mountain, but you're just blind to it. You can also be trucking along, assuming all is going well, that you're making steady progress toward being on the mountain, or that you're coping well being off the mountain, when in fact, there's a very real problem in your life. You're blind to it, and it's about to spin kick you in the head. Now, the problem could be lurking within your relationship with God, with others, or with yourself. How do you ensure that you have eyes to see the true situation in your life? Now, there are a lot of answers to that, but the long answer we've been just exploring this Lent is by plugging into God and God's people, by practicing the spiritual disciplines found in our congregation's rule of life. And I'm going to read them if they'll just follow along. In response to God's love, supported by my St. John's family, and empowered by the Holy Spirit, I will live my baptismal vows as a disciple of Jesus by striving to worship weekly, pray daily, serve at St. John's and beyond, love others and build spiritual friendships, know the Christian story and invite others, give generously, rest regularly. And last week we explored two of those marks, pray daily and serve at St. John's and beyond. Prayer is the essential nutrient to the spiritual life, and service is the authentic flashing green light of every Christian And this morning we're going to touch on two more marks, starting with love others and build spiritual friendships. Love others and build spiritual friendships. Love from a Christian perspective is primarily a choice, not a feeling. Love from a Christian perspective is primarily a choice, not a feeling. Now, are feelings important? Yes. You and I shouldn't ignore our feelings, and we should seek to cultivate good feelings. But this other-focused, Jesus kind of love, this other-focused, sacrificial kind of love, is not achieved consistently through feeling. We, we just can't do that through feelings alone. Feelings are fickle foundations for foundations. Uh, feelings are fickle foundations for commitments of any kind. 
But with God's help, we can achieve consistently, not perfection, but we can achieve better consistency in loving others through choice and habit. That's why it's a spiritual discipline. That's why it's a spiritual practice. You have to practice loving others. And remember, while you're doing that, liking is optional and love is required. But what is, what is spiritual friendship? Spiritual friendship is rather like a steady, I can count on you kind of friendship with the added dimension of shared faith. Spiritual friendship is a great protection against self-delusion and blindness to what's going on in your life. The hard-to-find friends are those who are willing to say to you, hey, you're entering dangerous territory here, or have you noticed how you've been acting lately? Or you need help. How many have had a friend or someone speak to you like this before? Yeah, how many are grateful that they did? Well, I sometimes wasn't grateful until later, but hopefully you were too in the end. As a spiritual family, you and I are to be those kind of spiritual friends or spiritual sisters and brothers to each other. And chained to this is the plain old truth of this Russian proverb. Tell me who's your friend, and I'll tell you who you are. Tell me who's your friend, and I'll tell you who you are. So if you don't have at least a couple of friends who are striving to be disciples, serious Christians, you're going to find it hard going being a disciple yourself. Spiritual friendship is a way of extending love, kindness, and support to a fellow disciple. And now, as advertised, a very bad joke. A pregnant woman had her baby while watching a comedy special on television. I guess you could say that comedian had really good delivery. And after having that baby, that woman didn't know what to change first, her baby's diaper or the channel. Which reminds me, a few years ago, I was in, a few years ago, a few months ago, I was uh, at Target here in town, and a woman came up to me and said, do you know where the baby diapers are? And I said, no, ma'am. And I think she saw my name tag, though obviously she didn't read it. But then she saw my priestly collar. Her face turned very embarrassed, and she quickly moved on. Uh, I will do the same. The next mark of discipleship we'll briefly touch upon is know the Christian story and invite others. Know the Christian story and invite others. Bishop Andrew Doyle, in his book, Unabashedly Episcopalian, writes, quote, As Anglican theologian John Milbank claims, we are not about conversion simply through arguing about beliefs. We are rather about the work of out-narrating the world around us. By this, I simply mean their arrival narratives about the world is, who God is, whether God is, and a quote. In other words, there are many stories or narratives or true claims out there about the world and what the world is about and how you and I should live. Do you know the Christian narrative? Do you know the Christian story? Could you explain it to your grandkids, your children, or a friend, just the basics of the story? Could you explain why you're a Christian, why church, why God? Not necessarily in fancy theological language, but in your own words. Now, some of us would struggle here. How can we invite people into the Christian story if we don't know it and aren't living it, or perhaps simply we can't talk about it? Jesus' first listeners moved to serious self-reflection in light of his words and the recent tragedies around them. 
man, there are no shortage of tragedies around us, are there? We continue to pray for our brother and sister Muslim in New Zealand. They are brothers and sisters through humanity, and we pray for all our brothers and sisters in humanity across the world who are facing violence and terror. And in light of all that, in light of the tragedies of life, take Jesus' words about repentance seriously. Ponder the real possibility that there's something in your life that needs changing, improving, or healing, and that you are blind to it. Now, in some cases, you know exactly what needs working on in your life, and if that's the case, hey, work on that with God's help. Get other help, too. But as you come to the altar this morning, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal your blind spots. And if you're really brave this week, ask a very trusted friend to tell you your blind spots. This can be so painful, but isn't it better to notice the car in your blind spot before turning into it? With God's help, by practicing the spiritual disciplines, by loving others and building spiritual friendships, and knowing the Christian story and inviting others, you and I can live with greater assurance of seeing God, others, and ourselves rightly, of not being deceived by fool's gold, but seeing and investing in the true treasures of life. Not only seeing believing, but seeing clearly makes for wiser and more abundant living. Amen.